in Oklahoma. Polls are set to close in just a few hours as voters here are set to decide a number of key races. The state is deeply red, but the two most high-profile races this cycle are seemingly up for grabs. Depending on who you believe, incumbent Governor Kevin Stitt is trailing Democrat challenger Joy Hoffmeister, who has served two terms as a state superintendent of schools. And Republican Ryan Walters, who is attempting to replace Hoffmeister as superintendent, is fighting for votes against Gina Nelson, a public school teacher from Oklahoma City. On this episode of Listen Frontier, I speak with Ryan Tupps, a partner at Amber Integrated, an Oklahoma City-based polling firm. Hey everyone, um, this is another edition of Listen Frontier. It's a election day podcast. We are here today with uh, Ryan Tupps. He's a partner at Amber Integrated. You've probably seen their polls. We've reported on some of their polling this year. Um, I'm going to talk to him today about sort of uh, the election uh, season, you know, here now that we're down to the kind of the last few hours uh, before the polls close. It's Ryan, it's about 3.15 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, I've got, I'm about to start my second uh, giant cup of coffee, so I should be good for the rest of the night. I don't know. Have you, have you gotten a chance to vote yet today? Have you gone out and voted? I am. I have not yet. I am going to do that after we get done with this, actually. So I, I decided to pick the busiest possible time to go vote. Uh, I thought that would be the smartest, uh, smartest way to get a feel of what was going on at the Polk Precinct. Yeah, I was really um, interested to see what it was like. I went at, I got out at like 11 a.m. to go vote. And my polling place is never, it's in Midtown Tulsa. It's gen, generally only extremely busy um, for like a presidential election. Um, but it was really busy today. I mean, I had to wait probably 40 minutes to vote. I mean, which is probably the longest I've ever had to wait there. I mean, I went close to lunchtime, so that explains some of it. But it was a, it seems like that, that and then a few of the other polling places in the area that I drove by, it seems like it's going to be a really good turnout. And I wondered, is that something um, here in Oklahoma that you guys, just throughout polling and just throughout the process, I mean, did you see it that it would be a very um, busy election and there would be a lot of, uh, it would bring a lot of voters out? So that's that was kind of the question, or that's the million-dollar question, right, is, is what is turnout going to be like? Uh, and even more specifically, where is that turnout going to show up? Um, and, you know, you can make an argument that that helps either candidate. Uh, we do know that over the last, well, so since mid-October to late October, uh, voter enthusiasm has, has gone up. Um, people have been more excited to vote. Um, it's a little bit higher than usual. Usually there's, people get more excited the closer you get to an election. Um, but I think that uh, you know it's been it's been a lot of news and there's been a lot of ads in Oklahoma to to drive turnout lately. Yeah, the advertising. I mean, we were talking about this this week uh, in the office. It's just been it's at a level that you know you'll probably never see in Oklahoma again for a governor race. I mean, it's just there's so many ads and so many different groups and so much outside spending that you know normally it's at, at this point it's you just think well the Republican candidate's going to win by 15 points and it's not you don't see that many ads and this has just been sort of like an unprecedented last few months of watching this kind of flood of ads um has anything in those ads stood out to you in terms of really connecting with voters i mean especially when we're talking about the governor's race what is it that is really connecting with voters of both parties so we we have not done any um data as far as what messaging 
has has been connecting. Um, that's kind of more a little bit more focus group uh, type stuff. Um, we have seen in in general terms kind of who you if you're a single issue voter where you go. Um, education uh, is more joy, um, you know, uh, tax policy, uh, growing the economy um, is more Governor Stitt. Um, that's usually a pretty typical Democrat Republican uh, split. So, but we haven't done any messaging specifically on ads. I can tell you a um, kind of anecdotal story of sure. uh, ch- children are always great barometers um, of kind of what's getting through through the public. And um, so I was, my kids had friends over. They were talking about the the election and a, I think, second grade uh, girl um, said something about the governor's mansion. Um, and the governor was was doing something with the mansion. I think she might have said tearing it down or something, uh, which is obviously wrong. But um, I, I kind of made the joke that if that message has gotten down to second grade girls, that... <laughs> That that message has really gotten some traction, if, if that's the case. Yeah, sure. And that's even something that really extremely late in the cycle, you know, came up. And maybe that is even more effective uh, in terms of, you know, getting it connected to voters, something that comes down, you know, right the last you know couple of minutes right before the election. Um, is there anything uh, in particular you're watching tonight with? Um, the governor's race, and we'll go, we'll talk about some of the other races here in a second. Is there anything in particular you're you're you guys are keeping your eye on? I know you know, for instance, you talked about earlier, um, voter turnout is important, but also where the voters turn out is important. And obviously, in this case, there's a big um, s- split between you know the state's metro areas and rural areas, and how maybe both of those groups see um, the governor's race. And I know. I can't remember if this was the, your polling or not because there's been so much that's that's come down in the last you know six weeks or so. But there was a recent poll that I think showed um, Governor Stitt up only eight or nine points in some of these rural areas, which um, I think is probably it, it seemed low to me for an incumbent governor in Oklahoma. But there is a divide between rural voters and urban voters, and um, you know, like you said, that turnout and where that turnout comes from is going to matter. What how do you guys see that uh, vote um, shaking out or how, how do you see that being impacted? So uh, you said kind of the broad, here's kind of the issue with that is there's kind of a big broad point and that is urban versus rural. So that kind of is the main point. The issue is there's not a whole lot of secondary points behind that. I mean, we have gotten to where there's a pretty big divide in the state and in, in the country between the urban urban voter and rural voter. Um, you're going to see some counties uh, that I think can give you a little bit of, of prediction on what that's going to do. But, you know, if if Republicans don't win rural districts, and or Democrats don't win urban districts, that creates a problem in that party. And that's the reality of it. I want to talk to you about the state superintendent race, because one of the things that's so interesting to me about it is how um, 
maybe more so on the Republican side of the ticket, but how connected the governor can, it's almost like the state superintendent candidates are viewed as like, as a lieutenant governor or like a vice president where Walters and Stitt, you know, you see them um, campaigning together often and promoting each other. Um, Joy Hoffmeister and Gina Nelson, uh, there are a lot of, you know, I spoke to, I don't know, probably 50 voters from across Oklahoma in the last couple of weeks, just about who they were voting for and why. And most of the people who said I'm voting for Joy, they also said I'm voting for Joy and I'm voting for Gina. And they were specific about, you know, I may vote Republican and everything else, but those two I'm voting together. And a lot of people, it seems like are treating these candidates um, as, you know, almost as one one ticket. Is there um, a possibility, though, that we could end up with a governor from one party and a superintendent from another party? Or do you think that those votes are likely to go, you know, either both Republican or both Democrat? So I, I think that there is a big chance that you see one from a different um, party. And it really just depends on who the if, if you're a Republican and you have an issue with what's going on. Right. Typically, you have kind of what we call a protest vote, and it is against a particular person, not against the party. Um, so I'll give you an example of Walters in his polling has kind of been up and down. I mean, in mid-September, uh, we had him at 44. In mid-October, we had him at 52. And then in late October, we had him at 44 again. So you can say that one poll is an outlier um, or, you know, you can just kind of say down ballot changes very quickly. And if he is the protest vote down ballot, then that's what they're going to do. I can also see a scenario that someone walks in, is a strong Republican. Um, they have an issue uh, with the governor. They vote against, they vote for joy. And then they kind of come home down ballot and it goes back to Republicans down ticket. Sure. I heard and I think those are, I think those are equal scenarios. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I I talked to some people who, you know, it was interesting to hear. I would ask them, well, what do you think about, uh, and I'm talking about Republican voters here. I would say, what do you think about the governor's race? And they would talk about governor Stitt and they'd say, well, you know, I'm not going to, I can't vote for him. I didn't like the way I heard, you know, abortion a lot. I heard a lot of the tribal relations, um, some of the scandals, Swadley's and stuff like that. I can't vote for the governor, you know, but then I would ask them about the state superintendent race and they would be like, especially if they lived in metro areas where there are more access to private schools and more charter schools. And they would say um, that they were going to vote for Ryan Walters because they liked the, the voucher uh, plan. And they liked what he talked about in terms of, you know, school districts and and books and, you know, those kind of messages resonated with them. And I just thought that was interesting because a lot of the things that they liked about Walters are also things that Stitt has talked about and has promoted. Um, but they're it's like he's the protest vote, I guess, in that case, like I'm not going to vote for him because I didn't like the way he handled the tribal relations. But I can still get the, you know, maybe the education outcomes that I want if I pick Walters as state superintendent. And, and so it's just really interesting to see more voters who seemed willing to look at some of these races on an individual basis rather than just thinking about who's the Democrat and who's the Republican. And I don't know, I just heard more of that this year. And I, 
I didn't know if you guys had seen some of that in some of the polling that you've done in the last few months. No, we have. I mean, I do think this is a very strong Republican ticket. I mean, um, usually you do not get uh, two senators, U.S. senators on a ballot uh, at the same time, uh, both of which are strong candidates polling very well. Um, you have uh, Attorney General, um, you know, Stitt uh, came in as a very popular governor um, and has had an enormous amount of money spent against him specifically. Um, then you you kind of layer on top of what you were talking about with, with Ryan Walters, some of them people seeing that as a ticket, and you, you don't know where that where that falls out. But Leslie Osborne's very popular. Kim David's uh, been popular uh, in the state for years. Uh, I think it's a very strong Republican ticket. And you do you do have a question of, you know, if, if they're, you're going to, that's why I kind of call it a protest vote. I don't think it's a protest against the Republican Party necessarily. I think it's, there's been, to me, there's been so much money thrown into the system this time that you're kind of seeing almost an experiment of what that amount of money can do uh, to somebody. Sure. Yeah. You're seeing voters who are just blanketed in, in not just ads, but in um, outside ads, you know, it's not necessarily a Hoffmeister commercial they're seeing or a Stitt commercial that they're seeing. It's a, it's an anti-Stitt commercial from an outside group or an anti-Hoffmeister commercial from an outside group. And I think a lot of Oklahomans have been blanketed in those ads in a way that um, we're not familiar with in a in a governor election, because at this point, you know, it's pretty much every four years it's decided. And um, yeah, so it is a little bit of a it's a little bit of a new a new thing. I mean, I think that's maybe some what we've talked about in the office, whether that is playing into some of the swings that you see in some of the polling where, like you mentioned, a Walters, where, you know, one poll has him at 44 and then the next one has him at 52 and then the next one he's back down to 44. Um, maybe it's some of the ads that are, you know, that they're swinging some of that, that people are, are just seeing so many ads in, in ways that they're not used to, that it's having more of an effect in Oklahoma than maybe it would in a state that sees that type of advertising more often. And, and I don't, I don't mean to say that to take anything away from anyone's campaign. Um, it's just something like you said, we haven't, we haven't really seen here before. Um, and, and the the amount of money that is usually in Oklahoma politics, this is kind of well, like you said at the beginning, we may never see this type of money again. I mean, sure. this is a true uh, explosion of of cash into a, an area that we just don't see this a lot. Yeah, and now I want to ask, uh, you know, tonight and see what it's almost three thirty. Polls will be closing soon. We'll start getting the absentees and. Um, here in a few hours. Uh, is there any any other races? I mean, outside of, you know, so much of the attention has been on, obviously, the governor's race and the state superintendent race. But is there any other um, interesting uh, races you have your eye on tonight or that you're waiting to see sort of when the early vote and absentee comes in, how um, how those races kind of start? Is there anything else you guys have your eyes on? So I can't point to another race I have my eyes on. Um, I can point to places uh, I have my eyes on. Um, I'm I'm watching Pontotoc uh, in Washington County. Um, those two are places that um, Stitt won. They're 
kind of rural. Pontotoc County is a little bit more rural than Washington County, but that'll show, I think that's a decent barometer of, of a, of where he's at with the rural vote. Um, if, if you can, if he can increase his lead over what he did in 2018, then I think he has a, a very good shot uh, tonight. If, if voting is up in, in those counties, I think that that, that bodes well uh, for the governor. Um, then on the other side of that, you have Oklahoma City and Tulsa County, that if those two, if vote is very high in those, um, we're going to have to see where that, where that lands for the governor. So tonight, uh, from our polling, we have, like I said, everyone else on the Republican ticket looks safe to us. Um, I think everyone is watching the governor's race. And so now it's very much kind of picking spots to watch the governor's race. Sure. Yeah. Which, which counties he can have the most impact on that race. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That's kind of one of the things that we've been talking to some of the, the candidates and their campaigns about themselves is what, you know, where are your eyes tonight? You, you know, you're, we know they're specifically looking at a, a few uh, a handful of, of specific counties each, you know, to see how those counties shake out early. Like you said, it will give a them a really good barometer of how the rest of the night's going to go. Um, Real fast, there is, I would look at um, House, House Representatives uh, Eric Roberts. Um, the number of that uh, escapes me at the moment, but that is a uh, suburban uh, district in Oklahoma uh, County that has, That's, uh, you know, House District 83. 83. Thank you. Um, I've been looking at a lot of numbers today. So <laughs> the um, uh, so I think that race could be interesting. That that seat has flipped uh, recently. Eric, Eric took that seat from a Democrat who took who was in for one term, who took it from a Republican. That seat will be interesting. Um, so that's one that, that will is is worth watching. Sure. Um, okay, Ryan. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Before I let you go, is there anything else you uh, want to talk about before uh, we end the interview? No, I I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, thanks I hope for coming. This was entertaining, on. and I hope I hope I helped out a little bit. Yeah. Yep. I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Good luck voting. At, Thank you. In an hour and a half long voting it, line. Good luck tonight. I appreciate Take it. Take some water. <laughs> All right. Talk <laughs> to you later. Thanks.